Today we're continuing our message series called Biblical Parenting. We're looking at God's Word to learn how to raise our children for the Lord. And if you're here today and your children have already been raised and you have and they have children and so you're a grandparent, God wants to use grandparents to help the grandparents' children to wisely raise their children. So your job is not over, both in prayer and counsel. Uh, it's important for you to understand these things. And so these principles we're learning today will, will help you learn, uh, help you to counsel any parent, but it certainly is going to work best if the parents are believers. Today we're going to talk about disciplining children. Okay, wonderful topic. And so let's get started. As we get started with this topic, we're going to review the goal of biblical parenting. Uh, Matthew 28, 19, Jesus gives the Great Commission. He says, therefore, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And when we read the Great Commission, we think of missionaries going to all the nations of the world. But each of us is called to fulfill the Great Commission. And as parents, we fulfill the Great Commission by making our children disciples of Jesus Christ. They must make a commitment to Jesus Christ in faith, be water baptized, and then discipling is done by teaching our children to obey God's Word. Teaching obedience to God and His Word begins with teaching obedience to God's authority in a child's life, which is their parents. Colossians 3.20, I'd encourage you to take out the white page in the middle of your bulletin. It has the outline written out there as well as study questions on the back of the outline. Colossians 3.20 says, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. And so as parents, we must teach our children to obey their parents, obey us as that pleases the Lord. Now that teaching of obedience to children involves two aspects. The first aspect is to teach the children what God's Word says. We teach them what the Bible says, and we set the boundaries for obedience. Last Sunday, we talked about setting boundaries with the illustration of parenting in a funnel. When the children are young, uh, the boundaries are very small. As they get older, the, the boundaries widen out. They have more freedom of choice. Last week's message, as all the messages in this series, are on our website. If you missed them, you should be sure to tune in and listen to them so you can catch up. Now, the second aspect of, of teaching obedience is that obedience to the boundaries of God's Word for children need to be enforced with godly discipline. And there needs to be some discipline there. Proverbs 13.24 says, Whoever spares the rod hates his son. But he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. And so parental discipline that's given in love with the purpose of training or discipling the child uh, in, in God's ways is God's plan and purpose for parenting. This verse says, quite bluntly, if you don't discipline your child, you actually hate him. You're not doing what's best for them. True parental love is diligent in disciplining the children that God has entrusted to you. Now, obviously, the methods of discipline vary depending on the child's age and the type of disobedience. In the preteen years, the goal of discipline is to teach obedience by 
controlling behavior and attitudes. It's the narrower part of the funnel. In the teen years, the goal of discipline uh, goes beyond simply obedience to teach honoring of parental authority. And we're going to talk more about that as we go on in the message. This morning we're going to look at a passage from Hebrews chapter 12 as our main passage. And the main application of this passage is to learn how God the Father disciplines us as his children. And so we're going to kind of let you figure that out yourself as you go through it, how God disciplines us as his children. But we're going to take that, those principles that God uses to apply to how we should parent our children. Because we believe, I believe that God the Father is the ultimate parent. Uh, he does things the right way. And we need to model our parenting after his. And so God the Father is our example. And so as I said, the, the passage begins by looking at the relationship of God the Father with Jesus his son. And it says in verse 3, Consider Jesus who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. And so Jesus, God's son, his life was not a bed of roses. He endured suffering as he went through life from sinners, persecution if you will call it that. And this passage recognizes that as God the Father training him. In fact, there's an amazing verse in Hebrews 5.8 that says, Although Jesus was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. Now, of course, Jesus did nothing wrong. It's not talking about Jesus never, he didn't, he never sinned. He did nothing wrong, and yet he willingly accepted suffering in his life in obedience to his father as he carried out the mission that God had given him. And he learned obedience as he carried out his mission. And so the rest of this passage in Hebrews 12 carries on with this theme of God the Father disciplining believers as his children. Just as Jesus learned obedience, so we as his children need to learn obedience. And we're going to learn how we apply those principles to our children, that they might learn obedience as well. Parents must discipline their children. Beginning in verse 5, it says, Have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. Now, 50 years ago in this country, it was common knowledge that children must be disciplined. Today, not so much. Uh, there's increasing teaching that parents must simply encourage and affirm whatever the child wants to do. And this has reached really extreme cases today. For example, if your young boy uh, thinks he's a girl, then you just need to affirm that and dress him like a girl and lead him to lead a girl's life or vice versa. Well, God's Word says that parents are put in a child's life to teach them, to train them, to discipline them, and to reprove them as God the Father disciplines and reproves us. And so as parents, we have an obligation to teach our children to not disregard discipline, but to learn from it. Parental discipline is not easy. Uh, it's not easy for the parent, it's not easy for the child, but it's an expression of the parent's love for their children, wanting the very best for their children. Discipline reflects a parent's love. 
Hebrews 12, 6 says, For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. And so we must understand that discipline is not simply punishment for a wrong committed. Discipline is training. It's, it's discipling in God's ways to ultimately train the heart of a child. Hebrews 12, 6 tells us that the Lord disciplines his children, that's you and me, because he loves us. In fact, every child of God will be chastised, it says, by his father to help them to grow and mature. And so what is this discipline? Well, discipline or chastisement is a, is a painful experience that teaches a child to avoid doing certain things because he understands if he does the same thing again, he's going to encounter the discipline again. The goal of God's discipline, the goal of parental discipline, is to see the heart of a child changed by God to want to obey and walk in God's ways. So let's think about the practical application of discipline to children. Now, this can, this, these principles will work at any age. First of all, a child does something that is wrong. You as the parent need to confront them with that. And show your child how what they've done wrong is disobedience according to God's word. The Bible says this is wrong. You know, the Bible says uh, in the Ten Commandments, don't bear false witness or lie. You've just lied to your brother or sister or to mom or dad. The Bible says this is wrong. And so they must understand, the children must understand they've not just disobeyed their parents, they've disobeyed God's word. Secondly, the child is given an opportunity to repent, to ask for forgiveness, both from God and from their, uh, from their parents. So you pray with the child. Thirdly, you administer the discipline. And we'll talk about some of the specifics in a, in a few minutes. And finally, after the discipline, you assure the child that you love them and that you're disciplining them in obedience to God's word and you have their good in mind. And so discipline is always done in love. It's not done in anger. It's not done in uh, frustration. And so godly discipline always should involve a large amount of teaching, of teaching and training in God's word, showing the child how this all fits together, always done in love. And so that kind of godly discipline trains, trains children. Verse 7, it is for discipline that you have to endure God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? And so this verse teaches us that discipline is God's way of training his children and is a way that every godly parent should train their children as well. Discipline is what causes children to mature, to leave behind childish and sinful behaviors and to grow up to become the disciple of Jesus that God wants them to be. And so when parents administer godly discipline, God can work in a child's heart and change their heart, causing them to become obedient both to the parents and to God. Poor discipline, <clears throat> poor parenting lacks discipline. Verse 8, if you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are Ill illegitimate children and not sons. Now, parents don't normally discipline children who are not their own. 
And so a child without discipline really lacks a godly parent and is going to suffer for it. Now, why do some parents today choose not to discipline their children? Well, some parents were not disciplined as children, and so they're simply following what their parents did. Other parents may have experienced ungodly parenting with punishment done in anger or even abusively. They've been abused as, as children, and so they distanced themselves then from all discipline because it was administered in an ungodly manner. And still others cannot bear the thought of bringing or causing any pain to their children, and so they think it's best to fulfill every wish and desire of their, whatever their child wants to do. But the bottom line, according to God's word, is that parenting without discipline is going to lead to disaster for the children involved. It does not show love uh, for the children, even though, in some ways, raising a child without disciplining them is, is a pretty easy thing to do, right? You just kind of let them do whatever they want to do, but it's going to lead to disaster. In fact, we just had a verse that says a parent that does that hates their children. They're not doing what's best for the children. Children respect parents who discipline. Verse 9, besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? And so when parental discipline is administered according to godly principles, the children will respect their parents. There's all kinds of studies coming out today you know, that show that uh, parental discipline, that children then rebel and cause all kinds of problems. Well, many of these studies are ill-conceived and not, uh, not able to separate between godly and abusive parenting. And that's why you're going to see these results in the news from time to time. Parents, when they administer discipline according to godly principles, the children will respect the parents because the parents are showing the children that what they're doing is according to God's word. The parents are simply obeying God's word. Undisciplined children will not respect their parents. They have no boundaries. They don't know how far they can go, and they tend to get into things that, are, well, they will get into things that are wrong, that causes harm and pain in their lives. And ultimately, they're going to blame their parents uh, for what's happened in their lives. And so children will respect parents who discipline according to God's word uh, as they understand the parents' purpose is to train their children to become followers of Jesus Christ. Now, when does discipline begin? Well, it begins when a child can understand an instruction and choose to obey or disobey. And by the time a child is around 18 months, they generally will begin to exhibit, uh, you might call it, willful defiance. Uh, and it's exhibited in different ways. Um, but uh, usually they, they, the first word, well, maybe not the first word, but a, an early word is no. You know, uh, an early word they learn is no. And so how do, you how do you begin to discipline? Well, a firm no of the parent when they're doing something that's wrong. You tell them no, you know, again, and maybe give them a, a quick swat on the behind to give a little emphasis to your, to your no is appropriate at that age. And then as a child grows, that, that form of discipline becomes ineffective. 
Bible speaks many times of disciplining a child with a rod. And contrary to popular opinion, that's not simply a figure of speech. It's really a rod is a rod. And it's mentioned many times. We already had at least one verse today, and there are many others. And so uh, a light, flexible dowel rod, you can buy them from really really tiny, skinny to uh, massive. They're no longer flexible. Uh, But usually a, a light, flexible dowel rod causes a sting, and it doesn't cause any harm to the child. Okay? And so today's concept that all spanking or, you know, now they call it hitting, you know, hitting the child is child abuse is simply uh, not biblical and it's not true. So physically, physical discipline is reserved for overt rebellion and disobedience. Obviously, if a child does something they didn't know was wrong, that's certainly not, uh, should not be disciplined physically. But when they're rebelling, that is when it... uh, when it's necessary. There are other forms of discipline that should be used along with that, withholding various privileges, and uh, that differs, of course, by the age. Along with the discipline that, as we'll see, causes pain, even withholding privileges causes pain, we also, as parents, should be encouraging our children. We should be rewarding right behavior uh, as well. And again, last week we talked about the illustration of parenting in a funnel. The early parts of the preteen years would involve uh, the most physical discipline. And then even as they grow as pre- preteens, the amount of physical discipline should greatly decrease in the later preteen years. Discipline's purpose is for the child's good. Hebrews 12.10 says, For they, speaking of our parents, disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But he, speaking of God, disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. And so earthly fathers or earthly parents discipline their children as it seems best to them. Now, not every parent disciplines their child according to God's word and according to the principles of God's word. Some discipline for their own benefit, some discipline out of anger, some discipline out of frustration, and the results are not so good. God disciplines us. Why? For, for our good. He wants us to succeed. He wants us to prosper. And the same is true of godly discipline of children, how we should discipline our children. We discipline our children for their good, that they might become more and more like Jesus, that they might carry out and fulfill God's plan and purpose for their lives. And so discipline as parents, works the best as we follow Jesus ourselves. Our discipline becomes the most effective, as we can say, along with Paul, follow me as I follow Jesus. We tell our children, follow us as we follow Jesus. I'm following Jesus and you follow in my footsteps. Now, even though the purpose of discipline is for the child's good, discipline is painful. Verse 11, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. And so for those who think that any discipline that's painful is wrong, this verse teaches us that God's discipline is painful. Godly parental discipline is painful for the moment. And of course, that's why godly discipline works. Because it is painful. It makes the children remember not to do that again. 
It causes the child to reconsider his actions the next time he's faced with that choice. Now, oftentimes they don't learn the first time, but after the second and third time, it begins to sink in that, no, I don't think I'm going to do this again, because if I do, it brings pain into my life. Pain-free discipline will not accomplish God's purpose in a child's life. And that's how, and there's a whole other teaching in here about how God disciplines us as his children. And we don't have time to bring that home today. Discipline is actually training children for success in life. It says, but later, well, let's read the whole verse. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And so the result of this painful discipline is growing the fruit of righteous behavior in a child's actions and in a child's heart. And so the, the pain of discipline trains children to walk in God's ways. Now, in other messages, we've talked about the importance of a child coming to have their own personal faith in Jesus Christ. And it's all assumed in this teaching today. I mean, you don't cause a child to become a believer by disciplining them. You cause a child to become a believer by praying for them and teaching them God's word. God's spirit works in their hearts and they give their hearts to the Lord. And of course, that should happen early, early in life. You discipline before that happens. You discipline after that happens. Just because a child becomes a believer doesn't mean all their behavior is perfect uh, from that time on. And so discipline must continue as well. And of course, godly parents will praise and encourage their children as they walk in righteousness and obedience. And so that combination of painful discipline with positive encouragement follows the way that God deals with us, doesn't it? God allows discipline in our life to, to confront us when we do things that are wrong, and he encourages us as we follow his way. Now, discipline with children in the teen years is different than preteen discipline. It's different, you know, the Bible isn't totally clear on this. Their books will differ on this. But I believe that physical punishment is no longer effective by the time a child is a teenager. Uh, it just uh, doesn't work anymore. And so at, in the teen years, a, a child moves from the forced obedience of preteen years to more and more teaching from God's Word. I mean, they're able to comprehend. They're able to understand things. And so when something is done wrong, something that needs correction in the teen years, the parent appeals to God's word. So the, the teen can clearly see that what they've done is wrong, that they need to repent of their sinful behavior. And so again, the issue in the teen years is not simply, I mean, it is obedience, but it goes, moves beyond that to honoring the parents. Now, even though physical punishment is not advisable in the teen years, there's other discipline that is effective. Uh, discipline such as loss of privileges, uh, extra work around the house, or even financial cost are effective. And generally, the, the discipline should relate to the area that is being taught. For example, irresponsible driving behavior should be disciplined by loss of driving privileges. Makes sense, doesn't it? It works. Uh, an accident that results in increased insurance premiums should be disciplined by what? Having them pay for the increased insurance premiums. Or not saying, oh, you can't afford it. They need to pay for uh, what 
they did wrong. So in the teen years, it's important for the teen to begin to experience the consequences of poor and sinful decisions so they can learn to be careful not to repeat those mistakes as they continue to grow in life. And so the purpose of discipline, again, is for the teen's good. And so today, uh, we've looked at this topic of disciplining children. I mean, book after book or books have been written on this. So we're just skimming the surface, giving some of the highlights. But God the Father gives us the best example of godly parenting and how he disciplines us as his children. And we want to follow his example. We learn that discipline reflects a parent's love for his children. Even though it's difficult at times to discipline children, that we do it because we love our children, because we want them to mature and to grow in God's ways. And so the purpose of discipline is not merely punishing bad behavior. The purpose of discipline is to train our children in righteousness, to train them to follow God. And that involves eliminating the bad behavior and encouraging good, righteous behavior. And Jesus taught us that all behavior comes from the heart. And so in essence, godly discipline is training the heart, shepherding the heart of a child. And once their heart becomes obedient to God, that teaching, that training is going to be with them for the rest of their lives, even after they leave the home. Good discipline for sinful behavior must be painful both as God disciplines us and as we discipline our children, but the end result is for the child's good. So godly training trains a child to be successful in life as they follow God's plan and purpose. So I trust that whether you're a parent or a child today, uh, you've learned what God's Word teaches about disciplining children. Let's just talk briefly about how to become a believer, and that is the, the, first, the most important stage in training children, biblical parenting, that your child would become a believer in Jesus Christ. They do that simply by admitting that they've sinned, that they've done wrong things, asking Jesus to forgive them, uh, putting their faith and belief in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and then committing to follow him all the days of their life. And so today, I'm going to give everyone here an opportunity to either commit your life for the first time to Jesus Christ, if you've never had before, or to recommit your life. So I'd like to ask you to bow your heads now, and we're going to pray. And again, this, these principles of becoming a believer are so simple that a child of four or five or six years old can understand this as it's explained to them and can become a believer in Jesus Christ. So let's pray together. Father, today, we confess that we've sinned. We've done wrong things, and we need your forgiveness. We ask that you forgive us and come into our hearts as our Lord and Savior. We put our faith, we put our trust in you, and we commit ourselves to following you as our Lord all the days of our life, to obeying your commands and to following your teaching. And for those of us who are believers today, let's pray as well. Father, we thank you for this passage in Hebrews chapter 12 that shows us how you discipline us as children. Help us, God, to respond to your discipline in the right way. Not try to avoid it or try to get away from it. 
And also may we learn from it how to, how to parent our own children in your ways. Forgive us, Lord, for listening to some of the parenting techniques of the world that are not in keeping with what the Bible teaches, and they won't work. Help us to train our children to become fully committed disciples of Jesus Christ by the principles that you give us in your word. We desire, God, to guide each of our children in your path of success for their life. We believe that you have a plan and purpose for each and every child, and God, we want you to use us to help each child to find and to walk in that path. Give us the wisdom, God, and help our children to follow your ways and to follow you all the days of their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.